Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio, show number 339, Impressions versus Possessions, the new key driver of many decisions in our society. So today we're going to be talking about the mind shift from possessions to impressions and how that provides solutions from the inside. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. And the Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, and use the link at the bottom of the page, you can join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Jan Tuton, who's founder of Black Winch and also country manager of Toucan Toko. I think I've said that right. <laughs> so welcome, Jan. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. you. You've succeeded in your first challenge of pronouncing my name and the company name. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. So Thanks. great to have you with us. Um, I'll, I'll ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. I think we should probably first just note the uh, very strange world that we're living in currently uh, with the um, coronavirus pandemic and so on. And um, I guess we'll touch on some of that as we go through um, some of the comments today. So uh, yeah, so thanks for joining me. Uh, I hope you're safe and well over there. And uh, let's kick off. Tell, Tell people a bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, with pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. It's, um, I really admire your work and uh, the dedication you uh, have in your life to make uh, employees' life better. Because, by the way, we spend a third of our life at work, so <laughs> it's good someone's yeah. taking care of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in a nutshell, to introduce myself, I used to present myself as a European from France. I have lived different countries, uh, also out of Europe, um, but I now live in Holland for 12 years, and uh, my, my, as you can hear in my accent, I have a French background. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to hide it as much as possible. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, I'm a European from France, and I like to say that because I think in Europe, we still miss this coin countries and uh, I'm inspired by the people from the US they say I'm an American citizen from Texas or from Ohio or whatsoever I'd love that the European people say the same I'm a European from Italy or European from Spain or France or whatsoever mm-hmm. so um, having said that as you mentioned in your introduction I am a, a strong believer of uh, uh, impression versus uh, positions and uh, the crisis we are going through is uh, making it even more obvious that um, the importance of in life is uh, not about uh, picking up belongings, but it's about piling up impressions and experiences. And so uh, your inner journey uh, gets uh, richer and richer every day. And you don't mm. get richer uh, by uh, piling up positions. So. Um, no. That's uh, that's my uh, my motto in my work in my life. I am uh, a big fan of uh, promoting uh, experiences and uh, investing in experiences and not in positions. Yes, yeah. 
So, as you say, uh, it feels like the world is changing and will have changed whenever this is all over um, considerably. And and as you say, the um, concept of of things happening and how you feel and so on, rather than stuff, just feels so topical, so important, and something that will, as you say, become increasingly uh, important for people and the world and organizations and so on. Uh, when we first met, I was interviewing you for my own podcast and we were talking very much about you know, entrepreneurs and working from home and all that sort of thing. We're now talking mm-hmm. very much about organizations. We're now really talking about working from home as well because so many of our workers are now having to work from home. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about how your concept around impressions versus possessions comes into to the workplace because it, it, it I don't know it seems really easy to understand it when you think about an entrepreneur you know individuals but when you think about whole organizations tell me more about how that manifests from your point of view well to come back first on your on your comment um I love what is happening now because, as you mentioned, we discussed about remote work and uh, working outside of the office and not obviously from home. It could be from a co-working space, from your holiday destination, from a partner, from a supplier, from a customer place. So any place is a, is a good place to work. Uh, beside, oh, despite the office, everybody says that the office is where you're the less productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what's happening now is a forced uh, worldwide experience of having people working remote. So there's no choice. There's no other way than working remote. So every organization today is facing the challenge of having to go on uh, producing, delivering services, while uh, the workforce is mainly distributed, is mainly remote. And it's it's a it's an um, unexpected situation for me as a as a big fan of remote work, because now this is live and this is forced and this is for everyone. So that's there's a a huge shift happening, and of course coronavirus is about people dying, is about business going bankrupt, is about people suffering from uh, being isolated, and people are dying alone because it's impossible to, you know, to, to support all those people who are sick uh, for safety reasons. Also, families are not authorized to, to be together with them. So it's, it's dramatic. It's, it's, it's really hopeful what's happening for, for, for a lot of people. Now talking about uh, the benefit of uh, the coronavirus with the remote work. And it is, I feel embarrassed to talk about it now because it's not the right moment. But mm-hmm. I invite people to observe what's happening because in a, in a year or two, when we will debrief uh, the situation and are hopefully back to normal, we will see that there's a shift in the connection between people and their organization because they, ha- they have been working from home for a very long time. And this will redistribute the, the way uh, companies and employees interact together, definitely, mm. and for a long time. Mm, absolutely. And as you say, really not a great time to be sort of um, promoting the the benefits, but um, no. Uh, in, but in some ways, you know, we're having these conversations individually and within organisations already, whilst all of it is you know terrible and and going on as well. So I suppose not a great time. But on the other hand, it, people are looking for this sort of conversation and this help because mm-hmm. we're having to deal with it, regardless of of um, 
of whether we want to or choose to or, or whatever. So, so talk a bit about um, organisations and the the whole thing about impressions and not possessions. So, because as I say, it sounds very individual, and organisations don't feel very individual. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. when you're working with your organisations, how how do you see that changing? How how have you changed your organisations to reflect this sort of philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. So what um, is uh, key for uh, employees um, in organization is to uh, feel that uh, their uh, lifestyle and their work environment uh, are not in opposition uh, between each other. So basically, Mm. employees should not feel opposition between their personal and their uh, professional lives. And I think as a manager, as a CEO of an organization, it is an important driver to uh, make sure that people have the experience on their workplace uh, that is fully in line with their uh, private life and private values, personal values. So to to give examples, uh, I have some uh, people in my organization who uh, have asked me to uh, work remote from another location because of plenty of reasons, uh, helping family, uh, visiting friends, not having the time to visit the brother or the sister who lives in the U.S. or in a, or in Germany or wherever. And mm-hmm. uh, I have offered them the possibility to go uh, two weeks per year to work remote. So it's not about making holidays. It's about going somewhere else working from there your, your eight hours per day, but then in the evening and during the weekend, you're on a complete different location. And this is something that uh, a lot of employees in my organization uh, appreciate a lot, which is to be able to go on doing your work, not having to make holidays, not having to book holidays. You still work, but from a distance, but in a complete different environment. So you combine the fact that you can visit the brother or the sister you never see, and spend evenings together and weekends together. But during the day, you still work for your organization. And guess Mm. what? Every feedback I have from the people who do it is that their productivity goes higher, their focus goes higher, they have a a raise of creativity because they look the company from a different angle and from distance. So this is only beneficial for everyone, for the company and for the employee. That's an example where I privilege the experience uh, for the employee, uh, go abroad for a week, work from anywhere for a week, and uh, come back full of energy, ideas, and uh, have uh, improved productivity. Mm, I love that idea. Where did that come from for you? How how did you come up with that as something that, that was worth trying? Yeah, I have uh, met... Uh, four years ago already, the Location Independent Entrepreneurs uh, Group. So there's a group of uh, about 400 people I have met that are uh, claiming uh, high and loud that they don't want to be linked to a place and they want to be entrepreneurs, but fully remote, fully uh, independent from any location. Mm-hmm. And this is a group of uh, people that is um, from every continent. 
And uh, this group is rising. They meet a few times a year, and I've had the privilege to uh, to join some of their uh, sessions. And I've been inspired by those people who combine a lot of freedom in their lifestyle and uh, still uh, being entrepreneurs and being successful entrepreneurs. And I've, I've learned from a lot about how to disconnect uh, the workplace from the work. Mm. And basically, I can be a bit more precise in there. And um, <clears throat> when you look back in time, uh, before the Industrial Revolution, everybody was working from home. Home office was the norm. Talk about a Schumacher, if you think about uh, um, any, any profession, you know, everything was done from home. Mm. And then the Industrial Revolution came, and then the work has been organized in a way that there was sequence that people needed to wait for the sequence of another one to be fulfilled, to be able to fulfill their position. And they were providing the other person the possibility to do their job by doing what they had to do. So basically, the, the working in, a, in a factories and working in, a, in, a, you know, in the production process as we know today. Mm. But the thing is, so we have moved from home office to being all together at the same place at the same time. But in the meantime, after the industrial revolution, there's been a, a revolution that has been the uh, service economy revolution since uh, 30 years. But still, the work uh, environment is the same for people that are working in an office or people that are working in a factory. So you all have to be at the office at the same time, at the same moment. Yeah, but we don't depend from each other. So we can work remote. Yeah, but you have to be there because I'm the manager <laughs> and my leadership style says I have to see you working because I have to control the fact that you work and this is what we have today well not today because everybody's working from home at, the, at this time but so far this is what we have we have the tools to work remote we have the the the, the possibilities to work remote with 80 percent of the economy can be done remote but still mainly due to leadership and legacy of the uh, revolution, industrial revolution, we have people going to an office every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and as you say, that some of the reason this hasn't happened is because of lack of trust in, in people and lack of trust in your own management skills, I suppose, without really realizing it. But, but as you say, seeing people makes you feel more in control as a manager. And actually, it should be about the work, <laughs> shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. For sure. The, the, you know, the, the, the way we promote management today is uh, uh, very often that you have um, some signs of leadership. You know, you have a bigger car, you have a corner office, uh, you, um, you have access to meeting rooms, you have priority extra. So all the signs of leadership that uh, are, in fact, uh, polluting uh, the workspace. Um, I'm going to give you an example. Um, when I, uh, in, in a former job, I have been in charge of about uh, 300 people, and I realized one day if I ask everyone to come to the office every day, then it's 600 hours per day if they commute, if they need one hour to commute. It's 600 hours per, per day that I uh, ask people to, uh, to be uh, in, a, in a traffic and to commute or in public transport. So 600 mm-hmm. hours per day of commuting. 
imagine at the scale of a per day, huh? per day. So imagine mm. on a year base, on a year base, uh, for one person, it's 40 hours per month of commuting. If you commute uh, two hours per day, it's 40 hours per month in one month for one person. So as, as a manager, if you multiply and leverage the figures, you realize that you impose to people a, a huge amount of hours of pollution, of stress, of tiredness, of defocus. Why? Because you want to see them working. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Are we, what, what, what's happening? You know, <laughs> I want mm-hmm. to see you working, so you have to come to the office. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. So when you position it like that, it just seems so logical. And you know, why doesn't everyone normally do it? Obviously, under normal circumstances. Um, what what sort of impact does it have on on the employees? You've obviously encouraged that within your organisation. What you know, we're talking about engagement. Are they more engaged or do they just think, yay, we've got more f- flexibility, more free time? <laughs> hmm. uh, if you give freedom to people, very often people don't know what to do of this freedom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's part of the process also. If you have people uh, starting to work remote, uh, not everyone can do it. So Every time I leave the possibility to come to the office every day, if you want, there's no obligation to work remote. It's not for everybody. Some people need uh, a frame, need a social contact, need an environment to be able to work. So fine. Uh, You can find it also at the office. Uh, But for the one who decides to go remote, it's good that you coach them for the first uh, month uh, to understand how to um, benefit from this uh, freedom generated by remote work. So basically, mm. if I tell you tomorrow, Joe, you have two hours extra per day, what will you do of those two hours? Oh, mine would be full. I would sing. I would I would um, read. <laughs> I'd have lots of things to do, but, but I focus on this. <laughs> so yeah. and exactly as you said, that's the thing I come up against with people that I work with is they don't know what they want to do because they don't have time to do it at the moment now that's sort of the scenario we're in isn't it sadly with all of this um, going on people are, are, are now having to think about what what will they do and so you're hearing people yeah. are you know choosing hobbies that they haven't done for years and things like that and I guess there's only limited things people can do because they've got to do it from home but um, it's, it's giving people that in, impetus to actually try and work out how they could fill their time how do you do that in an organization? How do you do that as a manager? Because sometimes people think that that's um, interfering and, you know, it's nothing to do with, with you. But as you say, some, almost if you give people extra time and no idea what to do with it, that can have the opposite effect to engaging them and yeah. keeping them interested. Of course. So this extra time can be done by, uh, can be used by uh, developing yourself, developing yourself. And what, what is, what is most of the time people put behind because of work, their health, I mean, being fit and uh, their, uh, the quality of the food they eat and their mental health. So basically to be very, very uh, down to earth, I always advise the people in my organization when I give them more time is to, whether take care of themselves, their body and their mind, or take care of the community. 
So when you have time, there's a lot of projects around you that you can join to improve the life of your community. I'm mm. talking about uh, joining, um, you know, any association where you can give time. Uh, if you have time or if you have skills or expertise, why not becoming the treasurer of the, the football club of your kids or whatever? So, mm. but the first thing I uh, advise to the people, because you see that uh, people have so much stress due to commuting, due to taking care of the kids, due to delivering their work, that they neglect themselves and they neglect themselves by not uh, working out, uh, not having enough physical activity, uh, eating junk food because don't have time to cook, and uh, never take time to, to think and to, uh, to be back in the driver's seat of their life. Um, instead of going from one distraction to another, have time to think about what you really like and what you want to do and what you want to achieve with yourself. So... Mm. Having said that, uh, I have helped a lot of people with some uh, coaching on uh, sport. So I have hired some sports coach that uh, give people some advice on how to uh, stay healthy and, uh, and work out. Uh, I have opened uh, some online platforms to my employees for meditation and for training. There's a very nice platform in Holland called uh, Good Habits, uh, where you have 120 trainings from, from Excel. Uh, work-related to meditation and uh, people have access to all this, those trainings paid by the company. Um, so those are some examples uh, where I have uh, you know, helped the people to think about what they're going to do of their free time. Mm -hmm. and I think, again, as a CEO, that's uh, uh, important to realize that you concentrate resources uh, and that those resources can be redistributed to your employees. So... Uh, what if you say to your employee, well, look, uh, three days a week, you will not be commuting anymore. I want to see you two days a week at the office because we have meetings and we need to be present together to make fast decisions, etc. But three days a week, you won't come. So basically, you will save two hours times three. So you will save um, six hours uh, in a week uh, to, uh, to have time for you. In these six hours, I propose you as a company to offer you a coach uh, to do your, your sport. So when you will be at the office, there will be one hour dedicated to have some time with your coach to train you so you can work out on your own when you're at home. And I will give you for free access to a meditation platform. That's concrete. And that's what you can do to, to increase uh, employee engagement. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love the the fact that, as you say, it's about redistributing redistributing resources. And you know, like we said, really early to be having this discussion for coming out of this scenario. But a great incentive for organisations to look at what they do differently, and you know, consider these sorts of things as 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 that moves on. So, just we've we've literally got sort of five minutes or so of the show left. Given everything you know about, you know, engaging people and location-independent working and the current situation that we're in, what advice and tips have you got for, for leaders, you know, and for uh, people who are suddenly finding themselves working from home, having not done it before, to help them through, you know, the coming months? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's important to have some um, routines. Uh, so to have a... A clear agenda for your day 
uh, and to uh, go on um, being in a in a, yeah, in a routine. So basically, it's the uh, you will miss a lot of uh, meetings and interaction with your with your colleagues. That's for sure. But those interactions can be replaced by uh, video calls. So it's very important that the meetings stay, but the meeting happen by video call and and not physical, but uh, they have to stay. They should not disappear. Yeah, uh, that's that's key for me. Uh, we do even uh, with my teams, for example, we do a coffee talk. You know, every morning from uh, 8:30 to 9, we all have a coffee cup in our hands and we connect mm-hmm. on a on a video call and we drink coffee together, like you would do at the office. You know? Yes. And that's uh, very important to keep the connection uh, high between the people. Yes. For the yes. managers, there's a high need of empathy. Empathy is the key word at the moment because people are forced to work from home. They didn't ask for it. It creates a lot of stress. Half of the population have to work and to manage kids, kids that are mm-hmm. locked up. So kids that are becoming crazy, you know, they need to get rid of their energy and they don't know how. So mm. a lot of people today are facing a situation where they have to be locked with their partner. <clears throat> For some people, <laughs> it's <laughs> new to, to spend a whole day with your partner. Yeah. <laughs> Rediscover yourself. Luckily, uh, we have separate but, rooms. <laughs> <laughs> and, and next to that, you have kids, uh, screaming kids around your, your office. So for the managers, there's a lot of empathy that is needed at the moment to make mm. sure that uh, everybody goes through this crisis uh, with having the nerves being preserved. Um, but I think also for managers, it's a very good experience to see how to express your leadership without the uh, visual uh, side of a leadership, without the big car, without the corner office, without the meetings, without all those things. How to express your leadership in a complete uh, intangible way without being able to show off your leadership with signs of leadership. And I think it's a very interesting exercise because it will completely change the connection between employees and employers uh, mm-hmm. because the the, the, the the relation becomes much more human. Yeah. I read an article um, this morning that talked about trying to emulate the office culture outside of the office, which is the sort of thing that you were talking about. You know, if you're the sort of office that has coffee together and chats before you start work, then exactly as you've done, create that sort of environment where people can do that and, and sort of try and think about what do we all do to connect already and how can we do that using, you know, the online tools and video and, and that sort of thing so that the, the yeah. culture stuff, you know, keeps happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So literally, last I couple of minutes, last, last tip, uh, yeah. <laughs> last comment. Go on, go on. No, for you, <laughs> from you. Yeah, okay. You've got two minutes. No, I would, uh, a, last, a last tip also that I, uh, I, I would advise is to offer people, uh, because talking about concentrating resources, so there are resources that managers have uh, at their hands, I would offer people uh, some surprise. Like uh, I offer, you know, a, a guitar lesson, online guitar lesson, for example, to uh, mm-hmm. someone in my company that loves playing guitar. Uh, I send a, a DHL with some, uh, some nice, uh, you know, um, sweets or whatsoever or just just be present uh by many ways uh because you're not physical present so be present by providing experiences and we loop to the start of this discussion uh you can't provide positions you can't provide an office you can't provide a desk you can't buy the coffee machine so provide experiences to your people Mm. Mm. 
Love that. Really love that. And as you and you know, organisations that are continuing to operate will have some money to spend. You know, there's lots of organisations that are in a different situation, but those people who of have course. got full time employees still working, you know, they've got a real opportunity to to do that, as you say, create those um, impressions and experiences rather than the, the the physical positions part of it sort of thing thank you so much Anne. it's been really interesting talking to you as i knew it would and um i'd really lo- i'd really love to get you back on again as this sort of develops in in the future as we're perhaps coming out of it whenever that may be i'd love to get you back on the show again if, if you'd like to come always a pleasure uh, and i hope the circumstances will be better next time where we talk together mm. Uh, because again, I, uh, I I think it's uh, a difficult moment to talk about uh, the, yeah. the coronavirus because people are suffering and are being uh, touched to their core. So uh, I wish all the people who, who listen now to uh, go through the crisis with uh, uh, resilience and uh, being able to uh, uh, have uh, the opportunity to connect back to their core, to their uh, core values to their families and uh, find themselves again and uh, mm. not being too much distracted by the hectic life we have sometimes. No, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jan. My pleasure. And um, I hope uh, for you too, also, Joe, that you will be able to continue uh, your uh, your great show and provide insights to uh, to the to your listeners for a long time. Lovely, thank you. So just to let you know, next week, Joe Moffat will be back with Joe Espana. Um, he's an executive consultant and coach, and they're going to be talking about what managers can actually do about employee engagement. So they'll be back next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.